Heavenly Father, just want to thank you for bringing us all together on the last Sunday of February. And I pray, God, that as we're here today, that as we're having a remote service online at home, I pray, Holy Spirit, you strengthen us and guide us and help us to be united in spirit and in heart, mind, and soul for the gospel. I pray, Holy Spirit, you bring us together to live for the kingdom and to live in your righteousness. It is not by our own righteousness that we are saved, but it is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we put on the full armor of God, as it says in Ephesians 6. We put on the breastplate of righteousness. And, Lord, we look to the cross. Holy Spirit, strengthen us. Watch over our hearts. May this service be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. And I pray as you transition to the message, I pray, Lord God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts for those who are here listening, Lord, may be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. For you alone are our rock and our redeemer. And it says in Psalm 86, Who am I? What is mankind? Who are we that you are mindful of us? We stand on the truth that you hear us and you draw near to those who are brokenhearted. So we trust in your providence, not just in the things that you give and you provide, Lord, but in who you are. For it says in Hebrews, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things. In your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen. 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 Welcome, church. It's good to be here in the house of the Lord. I miss you guys. I hope you are all doing well here today. As we're here on the last Sunday of February, let us come and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And let us offer him our hearts and our years and may we listen and hear his voice here today. The title of today's message is Growing Pains in Christ, Part 1. Leave, follow, and live. I'll say it again. Leave, follow, and live. Now, in our Growing Pains series... The main book that we're going to be focusing on is the book of James in the New Testament. But before I go ahead and read James in chapter 1, let me begin with Matthew 4 and Acts 20, two scriptures that I want to share before we dive into our main scripture. Matthew 4, it says this, verse 18 to 22, it says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, prepare, preparing their nets. 
Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Repeat after me, follow. Let's dive into our next scripture, Acts 20, verse 22 to 24. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Amen and amen. If you could repeat after me, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Here Paul, he understands that the Holy Spirit compels him. Holy Spirit is warning him, meaning he has a relationship and he knows he is in step with the Holy Spirit. And his only aim, his only goal in life from here on until he takes his final breath here on this earth, his only task, his only aim is to complete the task. And what is that task? The task of testifying the good news of God's grace. So, so far, it's about following Christ. It's about having the Holy Spirit and having a relationship being empowered by the Holy Spirit. So now with that as our background, let's get to our foundation and let's go to our main scripture here for this morning found in James chapter 1, verse 2 to 18. If you could all turn your Bibles with me. And the heading says, Trials and temptations. James 1, 2 to 18. It says, Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstance ought to take pride in their high position. Verse 10, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. Verse 11, for the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. 
When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin with its full grown gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth to the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Amen and amen. Growing pains in Christ, part one. Leave, follow, and live. Live for who? Live for Christ. Live in Jesus Christ. So our principle of life in this one short life that we have, our principle of life until we die is this. Starting with our main point, point number one, following the Lord becomes our main anthem. Our main anthem. That's it. Following the Lord becomes our main purpose. That is the principle of life. Until we die, until we take our final breath, we must follow the Lord. Following the Lord becomes our main anthem. It all begins with the abandoning and leaving our old self, our old lives, as is mentioned in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus says, come follow me, and I'll send you out to fish for people. It's the call. The call of God is given. The call of God is extended to us, is extended to you. And then what do the disciples do? They at once, it says, at once, they didn't think or have time to put themselves first, but they at once, they follow him. They took a step of faith and follow Jesus Christ right away. No ifs and buts, but right away, they abandoned and left their old life behind. And then they follow the call of God. Meaning until we have fully done so, Abandon our old life. We are not living for the Lord. We cannot fully live for the Lord. If you have not abandoned or left your old life, please do not claim that you are living for God, for the Lord. For there is no halfway Christian in Christ, just like there is no halfway crook. Please do not claim that you are a true Christian. There's a book before seminary. I started seminary. A book that really prompted my heart and spoke to me deeply. It's a book called The Normal Christian Life. The Normal Christian by Watchman Nee. And it's a true challenge for all Christians. It's not for the spectacular Christian. It's not for those who are better, holier than thou. But it's the normal Christian life. And within that, the challenge is amazing. The standard, the holiness of God, the reverence towards God to the cross, to Jesus Christ. 
to understand who we are as people. Like Psalm 86, who am I? What is mankind that you are mindful of me? Who am I that you hear me when I call? As Paul says in Acts 20, 24, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Nothing. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. In Romans 14, verse 8, Paul says, If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or whether we die, we do it for who? Good. For the Lord. For the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ, not even death itself. Or even in death, we'll be with Christ as long as we are in Christ. So BC, before Christ, our lives had no meaning. It was full of the self. The purpose to our lives were school, accomplishments, dreams, visions for ourselves, growing our name and our reputation, growing our channels, growing our muscles, becoming wealthy and well-known. We were addicted to being liked and being accepted. This is all BC before Christ. However, not anymore. No longer will I live in this way. No longer will I continue in this manner. As Paul declared, my only aim is to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. I consider my life worth nothing to me. All my old self before Christ, before Jesus, I was focused on the worldly things that didn't matter. But now my only aim is to finish this race of following Jesus Christ, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Just like Matthew 4, we need to abandon our old self to follow him. So again, point number one, Following the Lord becomes our main anthem. There is no other anthem to another flag, to a country, but it's the anthem of heaven. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty as we sing with the angels. Again, if we live... We live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. So, so point letter A, every day we continue to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
every day. Because as Christians, we don't skip like this. It's each and every single day we do this. It's the foundation. B, every day we continue to dive into his word. C, every day we continue to please the Lord by obeying the Lord. D, every day we continue to make each day count by dying daily in and for the Lord. E, every day we continue to finish the task the Lord has given us. F, every day we continue to live and sharing the good news of the gospel. Every day. Every day. Every day. And that's what James 1 reminds us. That each day is full of trials, tests, hardships, temptations, attacks from the enemy. But we must consider pure joy, as James says, whenever we face trials of many kinds. Because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Amen. And amen. And without perseverance, we cannot be mature and complete. Only through when we endure these things in Christ, we won't lack anything. And God gives us wisdom. And we need to ask God because he gives to those without finding fault. It will be given to you, and we must believe. Amen. And amen. Luke 9, 23, 25, Jesus says, and he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit their very self? Amen. And amen. Our principle of life until we die is this. Following the Lord becomes our main anthem. Amen. Leading to our second point, point number two, following the Lord and step with the Holy Spirit becomes a must. It must be our must. There's no way around it. We must walk and step with the Holy Spirit. And it's a must for all Christians, not for some Christians, not for some who are more special, for there's no such thing. For we are all equals in God. He loves us and he calls us to walk and step with the Holy Spirit. Again, following the Lord and step with the Holy Spirit becomes a must. Not in step with my pride or in my arrogance or in my stubborn way of life. B.C. in my old life. But in. In the what? So point letter A. Power of the Holy Spirit. B, relationship with the Holy Spirit. C, obeying the Holy Spirit. D, listening to the Holy Spirit. E, having the guidance of the Holy Spirit. F, having the conviction of the Holy Spirit. As it says in Acts 20, the passage we read earlier, 
as Paul said, and now compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. The Holy Spirit compels and the Holy Spirit warns. Holy Spirit speaks. It guides and it counsels our broken hearts. It leads us. We must listen to the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to the Holy Spirit? Are you walking a step with the Holy Spirit? May you remember that it is through the power, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that we were able to overcome. Again, letter A, power of the Holy Spirit. B, relationship with the Holy Spirit. C, obeying the Holy Spirit. D, listening to the Holy Spirit. E, having the guidance of the Holy Spirit. F, having the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Now, last point here, point number three, is this. Following the Lord faithfully in the face of hardships, testings, trials, and temptations. All these things, it becomes a must. You must be faithful in the face of hardships, testings, trials, and temptations. It is a must for all Christians. And let us know the differences between hardships, testings, trials, and temptations. So tests, let's start with tests. What are tests? This is what it means when we are tested. Testing means our Lord is the source of all testings. I'll say it again. Our Lord, God, is the source to all testings in our lives as Christians. So let's take Abraham, for example. We all know Abraham. There are some tests where he passed and he failed. The first test, he passed. God said to go, and he followed in faith, and he faithfully followed the Lord, and he passed. The next test, he passed again when Abraham was offered riches by king of Sodom, and then he rejected it because he knew that God was his provider, no one else. He didn't take any bribery. He didn't take any shortcuts. When it came to financial things, he passed. But another test, he failed, where God promised him descendants, children. But in his old age, he felt rushed and pressured. And with Sarah, with we know the story of Hagar and Ishmael. And eventually we know the story of Isaac the son that God used to make his descendants as numerous as the stars. But here's the ultimate test, the ultimate test he passed. What was the ultimate test? To sacrifice his one and only son, Isaac. 
And as he was about to do so, God knew the heart of Abraham. And he stopped him right there and then. And then provided him with the sacrifice of an animal, a ram, to take in the place of his son Isaac. So the testing in our lives, it asks us this question. Okay, pay attention. This is the question. Do you recognize the prompting of the Holy Spirit in your day-to-day life? Are you living in the teachings of Scripture in your day-to-day, everyday life? Are you living in the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your day-to-day life? So the ultimate test for us, for you and me, as Christians, is this. Are you following with, are you following Jesus Christ with all that you have at the cost of everything? At the cost of all that you have? And if you are, you are passing the test that the Lord is giving us. Again, testing means that our Lord is a source to all the testings. Amen. And amen. What are trials? Trials, the purpose is to make us stronger. Just the definition. In the faith, by refining and sanctifying us to be more like Christ, so that we can live for Christ, is to make us pure and perfect in Christ. So trials, by definition, is hard. It is painful at times. It's difficulties. It's difficult to endure. However, in trials, there's only two ways that we go. We turn better in Christ or we become bitter in Christ. There is no middle way as one or the other, better or bitter. However, in trials, it's so crucial and it's so important. Listen to me, men and women of God. It's so important in trials that we never grow to the latter. Which means becoming bitter. We never grow bitter at the Lord, angry towards the Lord, losing ourselves and our hearts before the Lord. We must not lose sight that Christ is with us. Holy Spirit is guiding us in the midst of our difficulties, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our hard times. Who are we to be angry towards God? Who am I? Like Psalm 86, who am I that you hear me? When I call, what is my mankind that you are mindful of us? Sometimes the audacity of us humans, we forget who we are and whose we are. We think that we are gods. We're so proud. And we have the audacity to be angry towards the Lord. 
the reality and the truth is this. And this is true humility. God, whatever you do, like Job said, whether you give or you take, Lord, may the name of the Lord be praised forever and ever. And our job as created beings, our job is to get back up and continue to live with joy in Jesus Christ, in the Lord. In the parable of the workers of the vineyard, you know, in this parable uh, found in Matthew 20, people are complaining. You know, it's not fair. It's not fair. This person came later. It's not fair. But at the end, they receive the same amount. And Jesus says to the master's words in this parable, he says in Matthew 20, 15 to 16, don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first. And then the first will be last. The upside down kingdom. Isaiah 64 verse 8. Yet you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay. That should be our attitude. We are the clay and you are the potter. As it says in Isaiah 64. We are all the work of your hand. Meaning without your hand, without your breath, without your hands, Lord, we are nothing. We're just a lump of clay. No purpose, no reason for life, no reason for living, no purpose, no joy, no purpose, no joy, no reason to live faithfully. I am the clay. You are the potter. Jeremiah 18 verse 6 says, He said, Can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. I do what I please. And you may think, oh, this God is so arrogant. He's so full of himself. No, we understand that there is no one more merciful. There's no one more loving. There's no one more patient than our creator than our maker, than our master, our king, Jesus Christ. The fact that we are living and we are alive and we're breathing here today, each day is his mercy. If God was a just God, he should have taken me away a long time ago because we are all sinners, all fall short of the glory of God. But because of his love for us, throughout scripture from the beginning to the end, from Genesis to Malachi to Matthew to Revelation. We see that it was the work of God. God giving us a chance, a hope of a Messiah who will come and save us and rescue us. May we not forget that our God is the creator. Romans 9, verse 20, Paul says, Who are you, a human being, 
to talk back to God. Show what is formed, say to the one who formed it. Why did you make me like this? And Isaiah 45, verse 9. Woe to those who quarrel with their maker. Those who are nothing but postures among the postures on the ground. Does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Does your work say the potter has no hands? So our attitude each and every single day should be this, just like Job said in Job 1.21. Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Amen. And amen. May we, like Paul and Peter and Stephen and many other heroes in the faith, may we exalt the Lord. May he become great and I become small. May we not be like Judas or Pharaoh. Well, I become great, and Lord, you are this in my life. No way. No way. And we humble ourselves. Say, the Lord, you give and you take. Whether you take, whether you give, may the name of the Lord be praised forevermore. And lastly, temptations. This is important for us to know the difference. Temptation is different from trials and testings because a lot of people get this mixed up. So here's the definition of temptations. Uh, let me be clear that God does not tempt. The definition is our Lord does not tempt. He does not give temptation for he is a pure, perfect, righteous, and a holy God. A perfect God, a holy God will not provide, will not give temptation to us. It says in James 1, in the passage that we read, let me break it down to verse 13 to 15, and the heading says, God does not tempt us. When you are tempted to do wrong, do not say, God is tempting me. God cannot be tempted. He will never tempt anyone. A man is tempted to do wrong when he lets himself be led by what his bad thoughts tell him to do. When he does what his bad thoughts tell him to do, he sins. When sin completes its work, it brings death. Temptation, when we fall under temptation, when we act upon the temptation, is sin. And we all know that sin equals death 
leads to death. It says, when a sin completes its work, it brings death in verse 15. So when we are attacked with temptations, we need to understand at that moment it is not sin, for we are all tempted, for we will all be tempted because the devil is the source that gives that temptation. The world, the flesh will give temptations to us. But as Christian men and women of God, we overcome. We can overcome. So if we choose to, to what? To rely on the Lord or not rely on the Lord. If we choose to choose the Lord and partner with the Lord in the midst of temptation, we overcome. For he always provides a way out for us. There's no temptation that is greater than the Lord. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, 12 to 13, So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So when we are in the midst of going through Hardships, testings, trials, and temptations. May we, so point letter A, embrace it, B, accept it, C, overcome it, D, continue it, E, Obedience, it, even though grammatically that's not correct, we need to be obedient in the Lord. Now when I say embrace, I do not mean embrace temptation, but when I say overcome in point, so point C, yes, it includes temptation, but may we be wise and use our discernment in embracing, accepting, overcoming, continuing, and being obedient to the Lord. Obviously, we don't continue in temptation. Even though it continues in our lives, we can what? Overcome it. Let us see. Overcome it. And B, accept it. Accept the fact that we are all going to fall under temptation. That's life. As long as we're in this flesh, as long as we're living on this earth, we need to accept it. And we need to embrace that there will be hard times, that there will be trials, that there will be testings given from the Lord. So may we be obedient in following the Lord. May we leave our old life behind. May we follow Christ today until we take our final breath on this earth. And may we continue to live for Christ.
Amen. And amen. AC. After Christ. May we continue to live for him. Our lives are no longer in the realm of BC. I'm a new created being that is found in Jesus Christ. We escape the power of temptation by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, by faithfulness, endurance, and in wrestling. And may we use these amazing men, the heroes of the faith, as an example. Like Joseph, like Paul, like Stephen, like Peter, when he denied the Lord and betrayed the Lord. As he went back to fishing, but when the Lord called him, he understood his purpose. He received grace. He received mercy, and he received forgiveness from the Father. May we rely on him and trust in him today. May God bless you this week. May the Lord continue to strengthen you and guide you in your struggles, in your hardships. It's all growing pains. And we will never stop growing until we take our final breath here on this earth. Sometimes growing is not always easy and smooth. Growing pains in Christ, part one. Leave, follow, and live. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your providence, not just in the things that you give and you provide for us, but in who you are. Thank you, God, that you are not like shifting shadows, changing, depending, in the seasons, but you are the same as Hebrews reminds us. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And may we not be deceived. And may we understand that every good and perfect gift is from you, Lord. It's from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights does not change like shifting shadows as you read in our main passage in James chapter 1. When we hold on to our creator, to our king, may we hold on to you. May we follow the Lord, which that becomes our main anthem. Every day we will live in a relationship and in the power and in finishing the task that you have given us in Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. May we continue to follow and step with the Holy Spirit for that is our must. Obeying, listening, receiving guidance, 
with the conviction of the Holy Spirit. May we follow the Lord. May we follow you faithfully in the midst of our hardships, testings, trials, and temptations. May we follow you wholeheartedly in all that we do. We thank you. We love you. Help us to continue to grow in Christ. For we are thirsty and hungry for your presence and for your word. More today, Lord, than yesterday. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things. Your precious son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. God's people pray. Amen. And amen. Let us now pray for the offering. Heavenly Fathers, I want to thank you for everything that you've continued to provide for us, Lord. May we remember that, God, that everything we have has been given to, from you and from you alone. And, Lord, we give to you what is already yours. Lord, may you use it, and may we be faithful stewards to use it for your kingdom and for your purpose here on this earth. And, Lord, we give to you not because we are pressured to do so, but out of the joy of our hearts. And Lord, we give with all that we have, just like the poor widow who gave out of her poverty, out of everything that she had. We give to you, Lord, for it is all yours. And may you continue to bless our path and our walk and our journey as a church. And Lord, may we continue to give all that we have unto you each and every single day not just in the monetary things but in our heart and our service before the king we thank you we love you pray all these things your precious son just cause me pray god's people pray amen and amen. amen all right can we all stand to our feet and close our service with our closing song the path of life in jesus His path.
is the only path that I'll take. The one who tests me and tries me in trials, I shall come forth as pure gold. All right, let us all pray and get ready for our benediction. Let us pray together. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And now, may the God of peace, the great shepherd of the sheep, continue to equip us with everything good for doing his will. And now may he work within us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And as God's people we pray, amen and amen. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you again next week. Have a great week. God bless you. Thank you.